Uh, Will you turn with me uh, in your Bibles, uh, please, to Hebrews uh, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. The very last chapter of Hebrews. We're not going to read this just now, but keep your finger, or keep it open there, Hebrews chapter 13. Because tonight we're going to continue uh, to uh, consider our church covenant together. Let me just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, help us, we pray. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Speak to us by your powerful word. And give us the grace and the help of your Holy Spirit to obey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This is our solemn commitment uh, as members of this, our local church, uh, under the headship of Christ. We're asking today on Covenant Sunday, we've set aside this day, uh, and we'll hopefully do this every year, uh, to ask, what does it mean to be a member of the local church? This uh, covenant, as I just referred to on the back of uh, your bulletin today, uh, first appeared when we filled in our membership application forms uh, and committed to this local church all those years ago, or for some of you all those weeks ago. Uh, If you haven't got the bulletin, it's going to be on the screen in a moment. And in fact, it's going to be on the screen just now. And it says this, uh, being baptized believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and seeking to live under his lordship uh, in obedience to his revealed will in the scriptures. We point one, unreservedly affirm the doctrinal statement. And number two, assent to all matters contained in the constitution and agree to be bound by them. And number three, which we're particularly looking at, solemnly promise by the grace of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we jump down to point three pray regularly for and we have a list of people there tonight we're considering this um, as we saw this morning each of these um, commitments uh, that, that have been outlined here uh, are not arbitrary but uh, thoroughly biblical uh, and we're considering to pray regularly uh, for the pastor elders deacons fellow members and the ministry of the church that's what we're looking at tonight. Let's uh, read from Hebrews 13, uh, that passage um, which you have open before you. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to read uh, from verse number 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefit those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience. Desiring to act honourably in all things. 
I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. And we'll end our reading at verse 19. The New Testament is clear. Uh, There are two offices in the church. The office of elder and uh, the office of deacon. There are three terms used for elder. uh, Presbyteros, which uh, reminds us of a a rather large denomination in Northern Ireland of Christians, uh, which means elder. Uh, Episcopos, which means bishop or overseer. And poimen, which is uh, shepherd or pastor. These three are basically used interchangeably in the New Testament. In other words, uh, an elder could equally be referred to as an overseer or a bishop as well. The qualifications uh, for for someone who is an elder are listed twice in our Bibles in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. An elder is a leadership position uh, and so must be a man. Uh, in, in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, it makes this clear when, when they both say, the husband of one wife. Gifts are, are given uh, by uh, Jesus Christ to his church. Uh, different elders have different gifts uh, given by Christ. Uh, in Ephesians 4 verse 11, Paul refers to the specific gift of pastor-teacher. In practice, that means that that some elders are set aside full-time to the ministry of the word. (coughs) Traditionally, uh, we call these men pastors. Although, you could actually call each of the elders pastor too. There is no separate office of pastor. That surprises some people. He simply, he or they, are simply part of the team of elders. So we could have uh, Bishop Campbell or Pastor McAleese just as easily as not. Although I've asked them and I don't want you to refer to them as that. So biblically we have plurality of elders who are leaders. Who are equal in authority. uh, And you have some who are set aside to the ministry of the word as their vocation. Someone supported financially, there's lots of biblical evidence that this is, is, is what, what should happen, uh, to set, set aside to, to study uh, and to devote time to preaching and teaching and pastoral care, etc. Uh, you should have actually ha- have as many as, as a congregation can support, uh, for there is no one man only suggestion in the New Testament. The scriptures speak of of elders as as guiding, teaching, directing, shepherding, and of of believers submitting to their guidance and oversight. Such a position, uh, as within the the living body of of Christ on earth, is is never to be entered into lightly, that's for sure. Yet yet it is a great privilege uh, to be called into such work. Uh, Indeed, it's the highest privilege that one could have. Remember. That's the first thing that Hebrews 13 has to say about our leaders. Verse 7, we're told to remember your leaders. Remember. Remember the relationship. In one direction, the rule uh, is that the church are to submit to their God-given authority. Uh, the, The authority which exists in the eldership as a whole. For, for they, of course, are the ones who speak and expound the word of God to you. Which, of course, is our ultimate authority. The key difference in, in the qualification of an elder and a deacon is that, that, that an elder must be able to teach. That doesn't necessarily mean from the pulpit, but certainly should mean that they should be able to open up and, and teach from the word of God. But that's the difference. 
And then remember the rule in the other direction. Verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Elders have spiritual oversight. Keeping watch. That's where the word overseer comes from. Another one of those words for use for elders. Remember that they are keeping watch over your souls. They are looking out for you. They are concerned for your spiritual welfare. Much more even than your physical welfare. They are concerned for that. Verse 17, the rest of it says, As those who will have to give an account. Remember that they are the ones that must give an account to God for doing this work. This is a reminder of the solemn nature of the task. We will stand before God and give account for how we lead and correct and rebuke and reprove and encourage God's people. Remember. Secondly, consider. We're told in verse 7 to remember, but later in verse 7 we're also told to consider the leaders. Consider the outcome of their way of life and to imitate their faith. Again, there's more grave responsibility on elders to be examples to the flock, uh, to live lives worthy of the gospel. Uh, I've actually said this to some of our 20-something men before. Um, Find a godly elder and seek to imitate him. Respect him. Look up to him. Find a biblical elder and seek to be like him. For that is how you get good future leaders. And that's just what's being said here. Consider. Pray. That's where we get to our covenant statement in earnest. Verse 18. Pray for us. Paul said, or it's not, it might not be Paul. The writer to the Hebrews says, pray for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastor. I really need those prayers. I want you to know that. I have a particularly solemn task as I mount this pulpit Sunday by Sunday. Uh, It's not something that I take lightly. Not at all. Uh, I have the the task of of declaring God's word, the word of the Lord, uh, of explaining it, of of applying it to the circumstances of of our lives, of, of where we are at. The devil knows that I am a good target for his attacks. Please pray for me. Please pray for my family. Please pray for me as as a father as well as a a pastor and elder. Pray that I will be able to have time for my children. Pray that I will be able to instruct them also in the ways of the Lord. That they will not just know God's word but know that it is the best way to live. Pray for my wife, for Cherith, as she supports me. Pray as she seeks to minister to some of the women of the church as she can. Pray for her as, as a mother as well as a, a wife and member of our church. Pray for your elders. Pray for, for me and Rodney. Pray for David. Pray for Brian. Pray for the task, which is a solemn one. Seeking to oversee. To keep watch. To live as an example. Seeking to lead well for we will give an account. This is a passage from Malachi 2 verse 5. Which speaks about um, a true priest in the tribe of Levi. Back under the old covenant. Listen to what it says. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. And I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear. And he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. 
True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many away, many from iniquity. Pray for your elders. Pray that uh, they will revere God, as this passage says. Pray that, that they would, would be reminded of how awesome and worthy the Lord is as they, as they read their Bible and pray in private. Not, not motivated by, by people pleasing, but motivated and in awe of the name of the Lord. Pray that they will give true instruction. Pray that uh, that would be found in their mouths and not found, and, and no wrong would be found on their lips. Both as we handle God's word from this pulpit and as we speak to individuals, uh, so that verse 9 uh, in Hebrews, uh, you will not be led away by diverse and strange teaching. And there's plenty of, plenty of strange and diverse teaching out there, I can assure you. Uh, most of them are based on pleasing man or being man-centered. Pray that they will walk uprightly. Your elders are not immune to temptation. Ask God to give us strength in the daily fight against sin, enabling uh, us to lead with humility and love and patience. Pray that they will turn many from sin. This is again in this passage. The final point from this passage in Malachi. Pray for your elders that they will rightly handle the word of truth so that, uh, and so allow it to, to be unleashed with all of its power. God works partly through his word to lead sinners to repentance, uh, to repent and believe the gospel, and also to lead Christians to repent from sins and to believe again the gospel. In some uh, church government models, uh, the, the New Testament office of elder has been separated into different uh, structures, using those three words uh, as if they were separate uh, Presbyters and bishops and, and a whole series of, of orders and subcategories. As I said, I, I don't personally see that in the New Testament. I believe the three words are used interchangeably, quite obviously. And it's a relatively simple structure. It's one office that, that, that's, that rules. One office of leaders. And a second office for those who, who serve in a, in a more practical way. Uh, the office of deacon. Please pray for your deacons. The reason for deacons in the first place was the, the growing needs of the church in, in Acts chapter 6. Uh, when the apostles didn't uh, want to give up the time requirements uh, and responsibility of preaching the word to serve tables. That's the way it's put. We currently have, have seven deacons in our church so with room for one or two more of course. Uh, Davy Ash and Alan Wallace. Matthew Skinner. Adam Skinner. Chris Banks. Andrew Banks and Eric Gould. In fact... I once heard a story that there's a young man in the church and he said to one of my daughters, when I grow up, I want to be a deacon. I thought that was great. That's passing on to the next generation, isn't it? That's a little aside. Please pray that they will uh, be able to serve the church with gladness. That they will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That they will know God's help as they serve at the door, at the Lord's table, in the collection of the offering, as they concern themselves with practical and indeed financial matters. Pray for them and their families as they commit time to be at church and at office bearers meetings. Pray that as they serve Christ, that they will find him to be the worthy and caring master that they know him to be. 
Jesus is the great pastor in verse 20. Uh, it calls him the great shepherd of the sheep here in Hebrews. He's the one who is consistent. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the archetypal pastor and elder brother. He's the servant of us all. He's the archetypal deacon. He's the, uh, the church is his own as well. Verse 12, Jesus suffered outside the gate of Jerusalem in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. He's purchased them. His people, us. And that is where this Hebrews 13 passage moves into the realm of, of all the other people in church. Those who, who do not hold an office, but, but of course are involved and have very many parts to play on the sound desk. Music teams, cleaning the church. And we could go on and on and on and on, but there are many, many rules to play in the local church. Verse 13, therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Pray for your fellow members. Pray that they will endure as Christ did. Pray that that, that they will not just imitate the faith and conduct of godly elders, but moreover they will imitate Christ, for he endured. Pray that they will keep on keeping on in the Christian walk. That they will endure. That they will not grow weary, but finish well. That they will stand firm in the day of trial. That they will say no to sin and yes to God, as we considered this morning. Not just, um, please don't just pray when they're, when they're sick, but all the time. That spiritual wellness always needs to be prayed for. Pray that they will look ahead. Verse 14 says, for we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that's to come. We there, you hear, you hear it? It's that, it's that word. Uh, it's, it's this togetherness. We. Pray that, uh, that we seek treasure in heaven, not on the earth. Pray that we will have a heavenly mind when we meet people that are not believers. Pray that we will seek first the kingdom of God, not just our own little kingdom. That we would be in the long game, looking ahead, not the short one. The long game of things that last forever, uh, souls and gospel growth, and not temporary things that so easily can entangle us. Pray for your church member, fellow church members. Pray that they will acknowledge, verse 15, through him let, them, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Pray that the name of Christ would ever be on their lips because he is occupying their mind and their heart. Pray that they would not be afraid to witness uh, to Christ uh, in work, uh, in, work uh, in their lives, uh, that, that they would... Um, have his name on their lips in, in that sense. Pray that Christ would, would not be a sideshow to an otherwise normal life. But, the, but at the very command center of who they are. Pray that they will praise God for the good things in life that they enjoy. Because he's the one that gives them. That's to acknowledge. And finally, sacrifice. Verse 16. Pray that they would not neglect to do good and to share what they have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Pray that they would sacrifice their time and their possessions for the gospel. That they would share and do good when the opportunity arises. For the chief shepherd has sacrificed himself for them. Pray that they would do the good works. The works that 
which were planned for us before we were even born, Paul says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want you to know that at our elders' meetings, uh, we go down a list of our members and we pray for you. We go through um, the the members' list and we pray for specific needs and and we pray uh, for spiritual growth and grace. An elder's task is not to be taken lightly. But the truth is, we are all to live as examples to others. That's what Titus 2 is all about, where we were this morning. The the older women are to live as examples to the younger women, and the older men are to live as examples to the younger men. Uh, We are all to live as, as examples to those watching on in the world. And the truth is as well, that we all give an account for how we live our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 11 says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We are to be prayerful people. That's the key point tonight. We need each other for prayer. We, have, we, we covenant to pray regularly for pastor, elders, deacons, fellow members. And those who are very much part of our church and are not members or not yet members. We pray for you also. We do. And we are to pray for the ministry of the church. That's the final line of our covenant statement there, point three. That's what flows from these gifts that Christ has given. Ministry of the church, well, that's really about people too, isn't it? People not yet part of the church, yes. Uh, unbelievers that, that we know about, uh, those who come to church, those that, that used to come to church, those that, 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 uh, that uh, have come to church in the recent past, those that we know about, family members of, of people that are members of our church. We pray that God would add people to his kingdom, ministry of the church, that his word would come alive in them, that God would save them. And that those people would be added to our number in the near future. But the ministry of the church is also vitally that the people who are already Christians would would grow to maturity. That they would keep on keeping on for the Lord. I have this um, app on my phone. It's called Prayer Mate. I don't know if you've heard of it before but it's very useful for prayer. Uh, you, You set it up, you have to spend a bit of time figuring it out Um, but when you do that you can create lists of things to pray for lists of people Uh, and all the members of our church are on a a list on my prayer mate app and every day it then brings up a selection of you so I get three or four of you to pray for our elders are also on there things that happen things that that need to be prayed for I I find it very helpful Um, I, I can recommend it to you But one way or the other, we need to remember to pray for each other. Isn't that right? We need to pray because, well, that's how God works. He works through his people praying for each other, for things that he's laid on our hearts. And it's important. It's important to pray and to pray for one another. Pray for your pastor, pray for your elders, pray for your deacons. Remember your fellow members, but also for the ministry of the church.
Let's, um, let's bow our heads together just now in prayer.